Alright, this is the second episode of City Above Lights, the online podcast hosted by Sistine Clothing. With me tonight is Andy Mrotek, formerly of the band The Academy, is currently the frontman of The Animal Upstairs. Andy's here to talk to us tonight about The Animal, our projects, and just some other things that we thought would be fun. Thanks for tuning in. So just in case people don't know, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, uh, well, my name is Andy Mrotek, um, and I'm in a band called The Animal Upstairs. Um, some background, prior to this, I was in a band called The Academy, I was playing drums for them, and my uh, moniker was The Butcher. We recently broke up, uh, so, and I had been doing Animal Upstairs for a while uh, during that, and now I'm... Uh, now this is a full-time thing, so I'm trying to just get uh, the animal upstairs off the ground and into people's faces, hopefully. Um, yeah, I do music and art are my two major passions in life, and trying to make those things work together and have it be, uh, you know, my life, I guess. When did you know that animal was going to be your, your major passion? And, like, when did it, were there nights where you were, like, up? up and you couldn't get to sleep because you were just like shaking from the excitement I guess like almost like a high so, um absolutely I am um, what started uh let's see I like um early 2010 and it was just a a studio uh project kind of I mean it started with just drum tracks and things like that um and it was a uh, it was just uh I wouldn't call it a hobby but again being in a uh, signed band already, I kind of, there was a, a bit of, um, I don't know, like I was a little unsatisfied just with what I was, um, what I was a part of, like I wanted to do more, so a lot of where Animal comes from is based off of, uh, just like you kind of said, um, like this need to want to create or to have people realize that 
I'm, you know, more than just kind of what meets the eye. And even even kind of the subject matter of the animal upstairs itself is, is almost based off of, uh, like, a dreams and nostalgia. Like, I, a lot of it is based off of something that you that you want, I guess. I don't know how to, I guess that that's not a very good description. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I constantly, that's all I really think about. That's my main focus in my life is just, you know, is animal and uh, creating music and art and trying to make them work together at the same time. Is that is that like a constant battle, or do they kind of seem together pretty well? In the past, only up until very recently, uh, usually the musical aspect and the art aspect don't, uh, not that they wouldn't work together per se, but they just sort of were their own separate entities. Uh, well, I mean, if uh, for example, if I were if I were writing songs or like, you know, writing music and I came to a halt where I couldn't come up with something, usually I would have, I would be ready to create artwork. It would just kind of happen and vice versa, where if I'm trying to put, you know, pencil to paper and nothing's coming out, uh, usually I have something to say. Uh, so, and, uh, but to that point recently, um, as of collecting the rest of the animal members, I, I've realized that just about every one of the members are actual artists themselves. So with some of the photo shoots and the video, as you know, the video shoot that we tried to get off the ground, um, we, we do it all in house, obviously. So it's really, it's really uh, a nice feeling to have these artists here with me and, uh, we can, we can actually meld music and art together and have it be a happy little family. Um, so, these days, uh, art and music tend to kind of melt together, and it's it's a, a refreshing feeling. But with the help of everybody, just kind of bouncing stuff off each other. Absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, like one of us will have uh, you know a primary idea, and then it will go from there. And again, there's like different members will have, given their different sort of talents outside of the music um, department. You know, people can kind of pick up the slack where somebody leaves off. You know, if if I have like a general idea um, for a graphic, um, there's somebody else that actually has the the means, like uh, like let's say like uh, graphic design on a computer. I mean, I'm not very savvy when it comes to that, and like uh, Sierra and Dan are both very capable and can uh, kind of help actually craft the idea and make it into something real and not just you know an idea. So right, that's cool. That's kind of like when I started Sistine, it was kind of like the idea of um, I was in bands and then I was really into the art stuff, so it was kind of this whole idea to blend the music and the uh, the actual visual stuff together and kind of morph it into this clothing company. Right on, man. I really like what you do. I, I really dig it. Let's talk about who makes up Animal and uh, how everyone came together. Okay. Um, well, Animal now is me, Andy. I uh, play bass in, uh, I guess, lead singer to... to most extent, and then there's Sierra Charday. Um, she uh, sings also and plays keyboards. And she, her background, um, she at one point I think it was about almost probably two years ago now was in a band called God Loves God Loves a Challenge. It was with uh, Ben Jorgensen from Armor for Sleep. His his band after Armor for Sleep had folded, um, and that, and after that uh, there's Dan Rotek, my twin brother. He plays drums and guitar. And Nick Perot, he plays guitar and keyboards. And then lastly, there's 
a Kyle Wolf, and he plays just drums. He's the only guy that plays one thing in a band. When you were recording and like writing, how did you? How do you like normally start the process? Like some people, they'll try and write the lyrics first, and then uh, like others will try and come up with like the rhythm for the guitar, or the drums first. How do you go about doing that? Sure. Uh, well, in uh, in the very beginning, um, as I sort of touched on, uh, in the very beginning, uh, I went into the studio when I was living in Jersey, or actually. I was living in Brooklyn and went to Jersey to the studio that I ended up living in, uh, regardless of, and would just lay down drum tracks with, I mean, I may have had an idea, like a general idea in mind, but basically just laid down about like 10 different drum tracks, tried to make everything a little bit different. Um, and that that's what you hear now on Is Anybody Upstairs, which is the, f the first album release, the full length. But now, these days... Um, even as of taking on new members and taking on new approaches to writing music, um, more likely than not now, um, it's um, it's usually lyrics, I think, that kind of come out. And then, I don't know if I'm either trying to uh, compare or contrast the, the tone of lyrics to the song. Sometimes it's like, I want to have something dark and then make the music lighter or, you know, vice versa. Right, right. It's, it's, it's pretty much... Uh, random across the board when it really when it all comes down to it but um, which is actually I guess my aim is the last thing I want to do is get stuck into a formula I mean I know how that goes and you know after a while the results end up the same so I think keeping trying to have the process being as unconscious as possible I think produces the best results I mean in my opinion do you find that you get stuck less I guess the word creativity kind of like comes out easier and you don't have to really push it? I, th I mean, I still get stuck, sure. Um, but that that's what's nice about not having a formula. I mean, it does, I guess it does help. It's hard to it's hard to say. I mean, I've even from the beginning, um, the, like not regarding, like in the very beginning, not regarding these, so these songs or animals to be something that would end up being a major project I think was an advantage to a degree because I didn't have to think about anything really it was just it just kind of would come out the way it wanted to um, and actually the I might be uh, eating my words right now but um, that's still an advantage uh, that because animal is like unsigned unrepresented it's 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 easy to do whatever whatever comes out um, I think that they're, you know, I obviously come in a road, there's still roadblocks when it comes to creating things, but, um, yeah. yeah. You don't have, like, the label telling you what to do and kind of... No, no, I don't, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no label yet. Right, that. So. I, it's, it's, it would be nice to have one, hope, uh, hopefully sooner than later, but I also, been, I mean, having been in the academies and, like, being on a major label... There's so many, so many checks and balances that you kind of have to adhere to, and um, 
that can really be straining on the creative flow. And so I have to, I have to be um, grateful for, for, you know, both sides of it. Like the fact that I can still do whatever I want and I'm, you know, looking for support to, to tour as soon as possible. But I know that there's also like, you know, some pitfalls that come with that, um, that eventually someone else's opinion may end up affecting the music in the end. And that's something I would, obviously like to avoid, but, you know, it all comes to the territory, so. You guys have released two albums already, and then you've released both of them digitally and for free. Um, what made you decide to, re to release them online for free? Sorry, I got tongue-tied. Oh, no, no worries. <laughs> um, well, even along the lines of the last uh, question, it's, um, well, there's no... I didn't have any major desire to charge I charge for the songs because there was no need to. Um, again, like if you're represented by a label or you know uh, management, booking, so on and so forth, you know these people don't work for free. You know, obviously, as they wouldn't. But um, so there again, there was no need to charge. Where uh, this, you know, I didn't. Aside from the money I spent for recording the songs themselves. Mm -hmm. I've, I don't know if I, it's like a quote-unquote hippie mentality, but I don't, there's something about giving some, giving music for free or like creating music just for the sake of music, I think, is telling about the the origin of the creation of it. Like, uh, that I'm not, it's not a ploy to, I'm not writing pop music just to sell a single, you know. Um, it's to get my thoughts across and to get, um, Hopefully that somebody can catch on to part of the emotion or like catch on to part of the message or interpret the message in some way where I think that if you're, if you, again, I might be eating my words, but as a, an unsigned artist or like as a, a small man to, to charge for music, I think might be stepping a bit ahead of yourself where, again, I'm not, I'm not rich by any means, but I don't. I don't need to make money from music right now. Like I would rather write music and have it be as pure as possible. You know, like like Biggie said, more money, more problems. And the last thing I need to do is mix up money with music. I think it shows a lot about you and and your band, like by doing it just for the love, the love of music. All right. So uh, when when I was in like bands and stuff, there were always like a couple songs I was really proud of. And this is going to sound kind of vain, but there were a couple that I'd put on, like, headphones or in the car and really just, like, blast. Sure. Uh, what what songs, like, off of the two records do that for you? If if you do, I mean, you might not be that vain. Yeah, I think where the songs came from, there's some that have a bit more meaning or that sonically in intrigue me to this day, where other ones have kind of... No, I would say I'm stale, but, you know, I've either heard them enough or they didn't come from the the most honest place. Um, so I certainly have um, my preferences. I'd say off of the first record, um, up the, so the first track, um, Upstairs and A for Anxiety are, st are still very close to me. And then on the new record, I think the song Below will always be a, a very, very much a time step. And I will always love that song. Um, yeah, I have, I have... Uh...
songs. I mean, not that I don't love them all. Right. It's like it's like some songs. You're like amazed that it came from you. Absolutely. It's uh, it's like my baby. You know, it's it's exciting to know that I that I'm capable of of establishing myself. Um, well, I'm not sure what that means, but I I'm not sure if that's like you said, if that's narcissistic or anything. But I like the fact that I can listen to my own music and not. So can uh, can fans hope for a physical re-release of the previous albums, or even like a physical release of an upcoming album? Um, I hope so. As again, as done, a lot of that dependent on, I guess, dependent on a label work. Obviously, you know, uh, pressing speeds isn't cheap. I'm even just the way of the, the way that technology is going that digital releases are so common, and they used to come out prior to uh, a hard. I'm not. I'm not in a desperate need or any rush to have hard copy. So yeah, I would like to once again with the, the artists in the band and like I would like to come up with a concept where people could have artwork and listen to music. I don't know how that would work. I guess it just make album artwork really. Right. I mean, you could do like a digital, I get like a digital booklet. I mean, what uh, like what I'm asking like for mainly is because I mean your artwork is amazing. So I think like a lot of people really would enjoy that that booklet if you were to make it. A lot of bands are trying to stay as fresh as possible and like you know change their sound all the time just to like stand top. And there's bands that the other side of the token will go will do like something that's throwback, like try to go back to like a '70s sound or something to like recreate something. And I think that just to sort of stick with what you're doing and to, to show people that you believe in it to on a whole new level, I think that's what will create a cult, a cult following and people won't leave you, you know. Like if you have one single, people will know you for that one song and then they'll never see you again or they'll never bother buying your entire record because it's only about one song. It'd be nice to have a, like a, a really cool radio single, but I certainly don't want to sacrifice anything. I want people to love Animal for its entirety, not for it, like, you know, a, a snapshot of it, or like something that we try to do to have success, you know? I think that that's flaky, and I think that that's the first thing that a band can do to end its career, is, you know, once you, the, it only takes one song, uh, one wrong song, for people to stop believing in you. Like, I think of when I was in high school, and like, I, again, I referenced the Get Up Kids. I love that, love that band. And like, it wasn't because their songs were, you know, unbelievably catchy that I could like uh, go to the club and bounce to. It was because you could listen to the message and it like related to you. And, like everything made sense, and like it was like they're speaking to you, and they weren't trying to speak to everybody else. They just wanted to talk to you, you know. And I think that that personality is is rare and uh, uh, um, essential in. In what I would, what I want to do with it, because Radiohead took they, like a digital free album a few years I, back, didn't they? Yeah, uh, that was uh, in Rainbows. Did you kind of get some of that inspiration from them, or that's you... that's my favorite album? Uh, absolutely, that's for me. I almost had no choice but to release it for free. Um, but that idea, I think, you know, it just it shows the the strength of and like the determination of a band or like that they don't need your money. Like that they're doing this because they're 
because this is what they do, you know, or this, like, they want you to have this. And like, if you're, if you're broke or if you're homeless, you could, uh, I don't know about homeless, you might have a computer, but you could still, you can still own this music and you can still love it by any means necessary where, you know, people generally will charge for music and, you know, people will generally steal that music off the internet. Like if you charge for music, people will just go find it. Like they'll find a way to get it. Um, I don't want to turn fans into thieves by any means. I want people to have the music um, and not have to worry about paying for it or like anything like that. You know, again, if I have enough trouble with, um, or I think if music has enough trouble mixing with, with money, then why would I want to, um, trouble the fans with that? You know, they shouldn't have to worry about how much money they have to like music or to get it. Or once again, I don't want to have them go out searching for, uh, you know, pirated versions of it. Like, why not just go to the source and get it? Like I, it's, to me, it makes more sense. Um, for as far as music goes, you know, I'm not looking at Animal as a business by any means. I mean, maybe one day, I don't know, I would like to recreate the idea of business when it comes to Animal, but for now, if it's just music, then, then amen, like, why not just make it music and give it to everybody? I mean, the more, the better. I wouldn't want to exclude anybody because of their, uh, you know, monetary status. That seems, that seems silly. Top 10 tour survival albums. What would you take on tour if you could only choose 10 things? Um, okay, number one I've recently realized is Benadryl. I've had, I've got you know a lot of allergies and was on a plane like half asleep and ate uh, almonds, which I'm very much allergic to, and woke up with my face and hands swelling up and ran around the airport and could not find there no one sold Benadryl, so uh, I had to deal with that. So Benadryl is absolutely number one. Um, I'd say phone charger because I've ran out of those quite often or lost them. Okay, let's uh, your passport. You can need that. Um, oh gosh, uh, man, I've got. I usually have so many answers for this one because I've needed so many things on tour. Um, I'd say protein bars are very important because sometimes you run out of food. Do you have a favorite? Uh, yes, uh, the Zone bars. There's like a mint chocolate. They're yeah. organic too, right? I believe so. They're they're damn delicious. I'm trying to think of the bare essentials, like the ones that when you don't got it, it's really bad. Um, okay, uh, what do you call those? Like not baby wipes, but you know, like the uh, kind of the. Like it's called wet ones, like you know, oh, yeah. where, you know, there's no shower, so we would have to like literally just wipe ourselves down with uh, sanitary cloths. I would say some kind of audio interface to record music because there's, there's times you know where you want to put something down and there's nothing around. Or uh, and on that note, I would say 
and a guitar or whatever it is, the instrument that you might play or, uh, you know, um, something to create on. And then at least a pad of paper and a pencil because more often than not, I'm doodling and that's very necessary. It's such a bummer when I want to write something down or draw something and I can't find a pen that's that kind of does it. I'd have to to, like sit here and think for a bit longer. Okay, here we go. Uh, Totally paper. All right, so that concludes the uh, animal portion. You're a visual artist and a musician. Um, how do the two work together? We kind of touched on that at the beginning. So usually I use, you know, music and art to combat each other, sort of. If I run into a block, uh, visually, there's sort of a, a lyric waiting for me or uh, a drum beat more often than not kind of there. I think that the fr- like dealing with the frustration of running into a block, a writing block, or a drawing block creates an energy. Even though it's frustrating, it does create an energy. Um, and they kind of go back and forth. If I can't think of something to write, you know, there's sort of like, or if I'm frustrated, like it's easy to kind of put uh, pen to paper and just sort of smash something out and see what happens. Um, so where does your um where does your like artistic inspiration influence come from? Um, I would say a lot of it is most of my catalog with art, specifically. Um, it's almost caricature based. Um, I mean, a lot of it has people or faces, and there's like there's a small series I've I do I've I've done, and I kind of still touch on. It's called God's Children, and it's based off of, like, just these really ugly kids, kind of. Or, like, there's adults, too. Um, but they, they're they ugly people doing kind of ugly things. And um, I think a lot of it is based off of people. Just, like, people I meet, people I see, kind of. People who almost, it may be wrong for me to say, but, like, people who kind of remind me of, like, a cartoon character or... Uh, you know, like that, that weird-looking dude, you could say, like, right. street. It's like, those, I mean, it's, like, when it comes to people, the ones that you end up sort of staring at, and you're not sure why, I think that relatively easy for me to create scenarios and people like that in a drawing or a painting. Um, otherwise, I don't know why, but I, I always paint and draw trees. I don't know wh- why I can't get off that kick. It's been, like... 10 years or something done like that. I mean, it's, I think it's the flow of the way uh, a tree, if you look at it, you know, like it, the branches, the way it kind of is like, you know, starts from one one source and just branches out. And it's, right. it looks, it's organic, obviously, but like just the form of it is very, even drawing it is therapeutic to me. It's, um, 